Welcome to Family Business Today, where we feature prominent local and national family business owners. We also talk to top family business experts to discuss relevant topics, including communications, business culture, family relationships, succession and estate planning values, as well as conflict resolution. Brought to you by the Tennessee Center for Family Business, I'm your host, Greg Lewis. Our guest today is Aaron Walker. Aaron has founded more than a dozen companies over the past 41 years. He attributes much of his success to having surrounded himself with his mastermind counterparts. Today, Aaron hosts 19 Iron Sharpens Iron mastermind groups with national and international members. Aaron lives in Nashville, Tennessee with his wife, Robin, of 40 years. He has two incredible daughters and five beautiful grandchildren. His daughter, Brooke, works with him in their family business. Well, good morning, Aaron. I am, hey. so, I am so glad you could join me this morning for this edition of Family Business Today. Hey, Greg. How's it going, buddy? I'm glad to be here today. Well, man, I tell you what, I always enjoy being with Big A, what, wherever we are, whether it's on on the uh, Greenway or or uh, just at a mastermind group meeting or whatever. So I, I know that our listeners are going to enjoy uh, today's program. So we're going to start out by talking about Aaron's book, View from the Top, and how the view can help us live a life of success and significance. And secondly, we're going to talk about the importance of having a, a great group of people around us to encourage us to stay on track and take our lives and our business to the next level. And finally, of course, since we are a family business organization, we're going to talk a little bit about Aaron's family business. So uh, let's get started. Aaron, in your book, View from the Top, you talk about living a life of excellence. What exactly do you mean by that? You know, Greg, I got to give you a little uh, history on how the book even came about. I was in a mastermind group, you know, for decades with Dave Ramsey and Dan Miller, Ken Abraham, some of those guys, Ken Davis. And I wanted to kind of get my message out, but I certainly didn't want to write a book because, I mean, Ken Abraham's written a hundred books. Dave Ramsey's written a dozen. Dan Miller's written eight or ten. I'm like, who would read my book? And Ken Davis kind of chastised me a little bit. He said, uh, you're writing the book for the wrong reason. He said, you need to write a book to help change the lives of other people. And he said, if it just changes one person's life, would it not be worth it? And I said, you're dead gum right, it'll be worth it. So I got to work on it, and I wrote my book. It took me about 18 months, and we called it View from the Top. And people ask me every day, why is it called View from the Top? I said, well, because nobody wants a view from the bottom, right? We all want a view <laughs> from the top. And what really was the... Uh, the culprit for me writing the book was back in 2001, Greg, you know this story, but I was involved in a horrible automobile accident where a pedestrian lost his life as a result of this accident. And it really got me thinking about what was important in life. And for me, up until that point, success financially was what was primarily on my radar. But after really contemplating and thinking through how fragile life is and how quick it can be taken from us, I realized that significance was a piece that I was missing. And so I hired a coach and got a person to help walk me through writing the book. And um, what I've learned is that we need to have a great amount of success, but simultaneously have significance. And so in the book, I just teach you how to walk through that process to where you can be extremely successful financially, 
but extremely significantly along the way. Mm, great, 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 uh, great uh, story. You know, even well, they say even out of the uh, coals of a fire uh, uh, comes great life, and so great story there. So, yeah, success is significance. Uh, well, you know, uh, you're always encouraging members of your mastermind groups, uh, which I'm a member of, to iron, sharpen iron. Where does that phrase come from, and what does that mean to us as business leaders? Yeah, I'm Christian by faith, and uh, there's a Proverbs 27:17 uh, that quotes that very thing, as one man sharpens another, as iron sharpens iron. And Greg, you know well as I do, being in our group, there's sparks flying all oh, the yeah. time in oh, there yeah. because that's the only way we're going to get better. And I was introduced to mastermind groups, you know, a couple of decades ago when Dave Ramsey invited me to join his group. And I didn't really understand the concept at the time. But as I got into the group, I found out, hey, it's all a bunch of knuckleheads just like me trying to figure it out. And we're in a group really uncovering what our blind spots are, finding out what our kryptonite is, really exploring our superpowers. And we need other unbiased uh, professionals around us to really point out those things in our lives. And when you have unbiased professionals that don't have anything to gain or lose as a result of what they tell you, they're going to tell you the truth. And so oftentimes that truth stings. And when it does, it's like, it's not to embarrass you, but it's to make you better. And I tell the guys in our group today, my job is not for you to like me. My job is to help make you better. And so I just felt it appropriate to take this scripture and say, hey, as one man sharpens another, just as iron sharpens iron. And so it's just a biblical proverb to help us stay on track, understanding that in order to get better, there's going to be friction. Hmm. Hmm. Thank you, Aaron. Well, you talked about sparks flying, and <clears throat> they uh, uh, certainly do at times. But, uh, you know, you you talk about the importance of being held accountable and holding others accountable as individuals and, and business leaders. And sometimes sparks can fly over that. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. Yeah, well, there again, about 30 years ago, our pastor at the time, his name was David Landreth at our church, he said, you need to be in an accountability group. And I said, I don't even have a clue what that is. And he said, well, I want you, along with these other four men, to come to my office every Sunday morning at 6 a.m., and we're going to talk through tough issues in our life, and we're going to hold each other accountable. And I said, you're going to have to explain that to me. So I show up on Sunday morning, 6 a.m., get a cup of coffee, and we started going through real troubled areas of our lives, you know, relationships with our wife, or our children, uh, business opportunities that may come up that if no one were asking questions, we might default to the path of least resistance rather than doing the right thing. And when you start really looking at it, Greg, there's so many places in our life today that we can compromise if we're not being held accountable by mm. other people. And a lot of the things that we deal in as men oftentimes are challenges. And we have other men saying, hey, how's your thought life? How are you treating your wife? Are you uh, home setting the proper boundaries to where you're spending enough time with your children? And are you doing everything above reproach? And is there anything in your life at all that would... Uh, that would ever cause your family to have grief or embarrassment. And man, when you start thinking through these things, there's yeah. so many opportunities to go off 
to go off into the ditch. And so these accountability groups are kind of like guardrails. They kind of keep us in the center of the road and they ask us these difficult questions. And so for every uh, Friday morning now, I meet with a group and we've been doing that almost 30 years. We meet at Panera Bread. There's four men and we talk through these troubled areas of our life so that we make good decisions. Mm. And we carry that forward in the mastermind group. I've created a digital uh, template that asks you 10 difficult questions and you mm. rank yourself one to 10 on each of these things. And it's to heighten our awareness, Greg, that we can really pay attention to things that can really derail us if we're not careful. Mm. Mm. Well, obviously it must be worth something to you for, for, for four of you to be spending 30 years together, either that or Panera Bread's uh, uh, breakfast is really good. <laughs> We've had to change locations about three different times <laughs> as time progresses. But you're you're right. I mean, I'm too busy to be wasting time. And if I didn't yeah. find this valuable, I wouldn't be doing it every week. Right, right. Well, uh, you sort of t- talked about it a little bit. But, uh, you know, I'm really honored to be a member of, of, uh, of one of your mastermind groups and really enjoy every week uh, being with uh, – uh, nine brothers to, to iron sharp and iron together, but you know one of the things that I find as especially as men, uh, when somebody is ask how are you doing, and the the easy answer is well I'm doing fine when deep down inside I may be a total wreck or everything is falling off the rail as you as you mentioned earlier on there so. One of the ways that you encourage us is to be transparent and give as much as we we receive. What do you mean by that? Well, transparency, first of all, is a difficult thing to do if you're not in a group of trusted advisors. And so it takes time. And a lot of guys want to be authentic and they want to be transparent, but they're a little bit intimidated by it. And they're a little bit afraid oftentimes to be transparent. And the truth is, Greg, you have situations at your home that you struggle in. It may be financial. It may be relational. It could be a number of things. I may be strong in certain areas at certain times, and there's other times in my life where I need a brother to come along and hold up my arms and edify me and encourage me and say, hey, you've got this. It's okay. And so being transparent is just saying in front of people that you trust, hey, I'm struggling right now. This is an area that I'm having difficulty. And I know Robin and I just celebrated 40 years of marriage. And anybody that's been married 40 years knows that there's, you know, good times and bad times. It ebbs and flows. And you know that from experience as well. And so I need people around me to go, hey, I've not been here before. And I don't really know what to do. Or I've got this teenager that's acting up. Or I've got this cash flow problem. And I really don't know what to do about it. Or you know, uh, I'd rather stay at work than to go home. And why is that? And uh, like, I don't want to do that. But what is the reason? And you find that oftentimes fatigue is the problem or our plate is overloaded. And it the only way that we can really get better is to get down to the solid footing. And when we have a facade or when we have this veil that is up between us and the people that we trust, they can't help us if they don't know the truth. And mm-hmm. so The safest way is to get in a mastermind, build rapport and relationships with people, eliminate that veil, get the facade down and say, hey, the good, the bad, the ugly, here it is. This is what I'm dealing with today, and I need you guys to walk alongside me. And so transparency is 
inevitable if you really want to build a life that's worth living, something that is going to be fruitful in the years to come. You've got to be transparent and vulnerable in front of others so they can help you. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, you use the word trusted advisors quite a bit. And another way to, 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 to say that is having a personal board of directors. Well, I know my company has a board of directors and uh, many of our listeners uh, uh, family businesses has a board of directors. So what's the difference in a personal board of directors? You're, you're talking about accountability and, and financial and personal and business. Uh, but isn't that what a board of directors uh, does? What's the difference? Yeah, well, it does it for your business. And, you know, I serve on boards as well. And we go in and we look at the financial reports and we talk about their business pro forma and the way they're going to grow their business. And we just really use the collective energy and wisdom of the group in order to catapult your business to the next level. Well, it's the same application for personal board of directors. People come in and they, you know, want to know where you're at, you know, be honest as to the situation that you're presently in. What do you want? And that's a very difficult thing for people to identify. Oftentimes, most people just want bigger, better, shinier, faster. You know, it's like, well, maybe that's really not what you want. You know, a lot of people say, hey, I want a drill. Well, you really don't want a drill. You really want a hole. And then you go, well, it's not really the hole that you want. Uh, you want a shelf that's going to hold this trophy for you. So we've got to determine what it is that you really want. And then we've got to develop a strategy and a plan by which to execute on. We're doing Come As You Will Be in 2023 right now, where we're forecasting what our life is going to look like in 36 months. And then we reverse engineer it and come back and say, hmm. in order to do this, we have to implement a strategy now where you work on these tasks every single day in order to accomplish your goal. Well, you need a personal board of directors to help you determine the path, help you determine the best for your family, help you determine the way by which to get there and then hold you accountable to doing those things. I think we were created to be in community because I feel strongly that isolation is the enemy to excellence. And if you really want to propel your life to a new height, you've got to get these trusted advisors around you, what we call a personal board of directors to help you maximize your life. Very good. So having a group of trusted advisors being willing to be, uh, to be transparent uh, with them and also uh, uh, being willing to be accountable to them, both in your family, your personal, your business, spiritual, spiritual lives. Great, great stuff. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, too, Greg, is that you as the participant have to be willing to subject yourself to their scrutiny. Yeah. And that's where we get tripped up. A lot of people are not willing to do that because you've got this attitude, hey, I'm a grown man, I can do whatever I want, I own this business, and I can call the shots. Well, we don't know what we don't know. And the best asset of being in a mastermind is the varying perspectives. And so I oftentimes will go into a group feeling confident, but quickly learn that I haven't been completely around the block and I haven't you know, been in this person's shoes and I haven't had these experiences and I don't know the background and I don't know exactly every aspect of every possible scenario there is. And when you do have these people around you, they can give you insights that you may not have been privileged to have yet. Hmm. Very good. Very good. 
We're going to let's change directions just a li little bit and talk about your family. Uh, I've met your daughter, Brooke, uh, who uh, works with you. Uh, so you are a family business. <laughs> oh, man, listen, this is our 14th business, Greg, over 42 years. And we've had family work in our business over the past four decades now. And we absolutely wouldn't have it any other way. Oh, that's cool. Well, tell us about how the conversation with Brooke started. Uh, did she just always know she was going to join it? Did she come to you and say, I think I'd like to be, or or did you go, how did that conversation go about her joining the family business? Yeah. Well, you know, there again, as I said earlier, Brooke is 37 years old now, so she's been involved in our companies over the past. And when I was in retail, she worked in that and she did admin and clerical work and sales. And mm -hmm. I retired 10 years ago and decided <laughs> to hang it up. I said, I'm done. Robin said, you've retired more than the law allows. I mean, how many times are you going to retire? And I said, no, this is it, Robin. This is it. I'm 50 years old. I've been working since I was eight years old. I'm done. And then when Dave Ramsey and Dan Miller challenged me to start coaching, Robin goes, oh, here we go again. And so I started View from the Top and then started the Masterminds. And I was talking to Brooke one day, and she wasn't working at the time. And, and I said, man, I need some help. And she <laughs> said, well, what do you want me to do? And I said, I want you to start out doing some admin work and you can reach out because I do podcast interviews mm -hmm. and one thing led to another and started out just a few hours a week and then she said hey dad this is a lot more work and so I said well work more then I need you and so <laughs> she started working more and we started growing and uh, kept starting you know these uh, mastermind groups and the next thing I know I look around seven years have passed and Today, Brooke is the chief operating officer of our company. We have 20 mastermind groups. We just started a women's division in which we have four groups now. And all roads lead through her desk. And she <laughs> absolutely coordinates and uh, organizes all of our team members. We have a number of virtual assistants in the U.S. And then we have about five virtual assistants in the Philippines. And Brooke heads up every bit of it. And then we created the mastermind playbook, teaching people to start masterminds. Mm -hmm. And uh, she directs that as well. And she's a busy girl now. And she absolutely is doing an amazing job. Oh, that's great. So she has clearly defined roles, responsibilities, and a very integral part of uh, the success of uh, your family business. That, that's great. You you know, Greg, I really think about what you're doing today in your family business. And I know you, too, have recently started some mastermind groups. And I couldn't be more excited because when I thought about family business mastermind, I thought, man, Greg, where were you at 30 years ago when I needed you to help me? You know, because there's challenges when you deal with family, right? There's challenges when you deal with anybody. But, man, you started this new family business mastermind to help people along the way in working out these intricacies and these problems that we face in working with family. Because I know it's trials, you know, it's tough enough to deal with people that are not family. But then you throw the family dynamic in there. I'd give it anything to have been in your mastermind group years ago. You could have really helped me along the way as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not exactly who sure who said it, uh, but uh, family is family and business is business, and never the two shall meet 
unless, of course, you work together in a family business. <laughs> so, well, I'll tell you, it's got its challenges, but I wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, right. listen, who can you trust more than your daughters or your sons? And, uh, you know, I work hard to try to build a legacy, and I'm going to try to help my kids. You know, I can't think of another person uh, that I'd rather help than my own family. Of course, of course, of course. And and I think the key word there you use is legacy. Unfortunately, uh uh, only about 30% of, uh, of uh, family-owned businesses successfully transition to the second generation, uh, and the primary reason for failure is a lack of planning. But uh, it's not so much about uh, the, the transition, but what is your legacy? What do you want your legacy to be uh, to your family, to your community, to your customers, your suppliers, or whatever? So uh, this family family role, so how, uh, you you obviously you have Brooke as your COO. You have your uh, your wife as your chief advisory, uh, uh, trusted advisor. How have you established boundaries between work and your personal and family relationships? Yeah, that's a great question. And to be honest with you, it's tough sometimes. Yeah, it just is, to be totally it? honest, I mean, uh, when Brooke and I first started working together in this business. You know, around the clock, we would talk about it. It would be at work and then it would be at functions and at parties and dinners. And, you know, until one day we got together and we said, hey, let's let's build some boundaries. Like at this time of the day, let's just say we're done. And when I come to your house to grill burgers, like let's grill burgers and throw Frisbees and play cornhole. Let's don't be talking about the mastermind and the playbook and all these things. And we even catch ourselves now kind of going there and we go like, hey, time out. We can't do this. We said we were going to set these boundaries. And it just allows us to be family. Like sometimes I need to be Brooke's dad, right? I yeah. need to sit down and just be her father and answer her questions and love all my grandkids and, and be big A. You know, that's what they call me. Yeah. And then other times I've got to call her in and say, hey, we've got a business matter here. Let's set our family aside and let's deal with these issues. Now, I'll tell you, Greg, we've done some things that some of your listeners are going to go, man, that's hardcore. But when Brooke started, we had an employment agreement. I mean, a multi-page document that said, this is your pay. These are your hours. This is the attire that you wear to the office. These are the days off. This is your comp time. This is your, you know, we had it all spelled out. And people say, why would you do that with your daughter? Because I love her enough to do the right things so there's no unmet expectations. And so when we really clearly define the roles and the responsibilities and we build the boundaries and we have the documents like any good business person would do with anybody, it just further preserves the relationship. So I would just simply caution everybody, don't do things just on a handshake write things down so it's clearly identified so both parties will understand exactly what the roles and responsibilities are and that way there's no gray matter and we can do business and everybody understands their responsibilities mm-hmm. great stuff yeah wow employee agreement that's uh one thing we talked to everyone about what is your employment agreement uh, with your your children and uh, and usually that's where the majority of the problems come by. I always tell uh, uh, family business uh, leaders, owners, uh, and even their, their, their children, as I said, there's three problems uh, that I see in every family uh, business that I work with. The first one's communications. 
The second one's communications, and the third one is communications. <laughs> and right. if, if you write it down, uh, it certainly helps to do that. And then the other one is I have over here behind me, I have two hats, uh, and uh, one says has boss on it, and the other one says dad on it. And mm-hmm. so one of the things I talk to business owners about is, is you have to be able to communicate in a way that your children know whether it's dad talking or it's the boss talking. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Good stuff there. And, and congratulations on on really understanding early on what uh, building boundaries is all about and that you don't have to take the business home with you and you can have a conversation at dinner or playing frisbee or cornhole or whatever without talking about business. Well, uh, sort of in the same vein, when parents are considering bringing one or more of their children into the family at business, what advice would you offer to the parents? Yeah, I don't think just because they're kin to you necessarily dictates or determines whether they're a good role Uh, a good fit for that role. And so I would just simply go through the normal exercise because all you're doing, if a parent wants to bring a child into the position, is setting them up for failure if their skills and personality don't coincide with, uh, with the job that's being offered. And so I would encourage you to be very objective uh, to, to really even think through your trusted advisors and, Go to them and say, hey, I'm thinking about Brooke doing this role, this responsibility, and here's what's required. You know her from years gone by. What what are your thoughts about doing that? I'm a big proponent on asking a lot of questions from trusted advisors because we have blind spots. And we are blinded oftentimes thinking our little Billy is the best or our little Susie, there is no way she could do wrong. And what you may be doing is setting them up to be a miserable failure Mm -hmm. in certain roles and responsibilities. And so I would just say, you know, hire slow, you know, go really, really (laughs) slow and really be sure that their personalities and their skills align with what it is that you're wanting them to accomplish. Uh, oh, that's great! Yeah, align their uh, skills with the needs of the company, not the other way around. So, uh, yeah. Greg, I want to mention a couple other things related to that too, and I've seen this happen time in and time out. Is that often founders like myself of companies have a deep passion. Well, your children may not have that same desire. They may not have that same passion. That doesn't mean that they couldn't do it, but I would be careful imposing your trials or your struggles or even your desires or your ambitions uh, onto your children. I, I would coach them into the culture and I would show them what you're trying to accomplish, but in no way would I ever force my children or guilt them into doing something that was my vision. They may have a totally different vision and my objective as a parent is to be sure that my children achieve their goals and dreams, not just carry on mine. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Let, let your children follow their dreams. Uh, and, uh, they can benefit from being a part of your legacy, but it doesn't necessarily mean that, that all of your children or any of your children have to be a member of the family business. So some of our listeners, Aaron, may be considering becoming a member of a mastermind group, uh, but they may be feeling some personal or uh, even business financial pressure due to the pandemic. 
what would you say to them on the why or why they should not join a master group, mastermind group now? Well, I think it's just the opposite, Greg. I think now is the time to join one more than ever. I mean, I can't even fathom making the decisions that I have to today personally and professionally in this environment without trusted advisors. I mean, I think I'd get under my desk in a fetal position and not come out if I had to make decisions in light of the current circumstances that we're dealing with today. A virtual mastermind is amazing in this environment because we have the comfort of being at our home or our office and not have to get out into the public and uh, social distancing, therefore, is not a problem. Uh, but the bigger issue is is that this is brand new for everybody. I mean, there's certain circumstances mm -hmm. and situations that we're confronted with now that never in the history of mankind have we been confronted with. And how could you possibly make that decision alone? As far as there being an expense related to a mastermind group, I don't look at it necessarily uh, as an expense. I look at it as an investment. And I can't even begin to tell you the 100x return that I've received as a result of paying dues to be in a mastermind group because we honor what we pay for and we pay attention to what we pay for. And we've done free groups before and they may or may not show up because if you're not paying, it's like, hey, I want to go play golf or I want to do something else and you don't show up to the group. But when you're paying for something, you're going to show up and you're going to provide the value that you need to and you're certainly going to pay attention because you want to get the monetary value and the personal and professional development uh, value out of the group. And so I would say now is a better time, not a worse time. Very good. Very good. Very good. Well, I know some people may not even know what a mastermind uh, group is, uh, but so someone may be asking, what is a, a mastermind group and how is it different from, let's say, uh, uh, what you call it, a business roundtable? Yeah, I think there's all kind of names, Greg. I think that we overcomplicate this. It's what we said originally is that it's your own board of directors. It's peer-to-peer. -peer. It's people getting together on a regular scheduled basis to help understand where it is you're at currently, where it is that you want to go, and a plan by which to get there. Mm -hmm. And procrastination is our biggest enemy, and we know that, and we procrastinate because we don't have anybody checking on us. But when you have a peer-to-peer -peer group meeting every single week and you have tasks that you're supposed to do, Greg, you're like me. You're not going to come in there and not have done it because you don't want to show up a loser and, hey, I didn't do it. I was too lazy. Nobody's checking on me. But when you show up with these peers every single week, it's amazing at what you get accomplished. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that, you build self-esteem, you have self-confidence, and it just perpetuates uh, your your success. And so don't overcomplicate what it means. The roundtables are good. Some people call masterminds roundtables. But for me, masterminds is simply peer-to-peer. -peer. It's a board of directors for you individually. And it's a place you can be authentic, transparent, and vulnerable to help move the ball down the field. Very good. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Aaron. So let's say one of our listeners is is considering this. What should an individual be looking for when considering joining a mastermind group? Well, you first and foremost want to be looking for people with like-mindedness. You know, the other thing is, is be sure that your core values align with the group or the facilitator of the group. Be sure that you have people that are committed 
people that are going to meet on a regular basis. A lot of mastermind groups, you know, meet uh, once a month or once a quarter. Well, for me, twice a month or once a week is what you need to be doing because a lot of life happens in 90 days. You know, it's like, man, the decisions already had to be made. And so I would say at a minimum of twice a month. And ideally for us, it's once a week, but some people prefer every other week. So I would simply say, look for like-minded people, make sure your core values align and make sure that they're aspirational in nature, that they're looking to excel in life. Hmm. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, Aaron, we're sort of coming to the end of our time together. Boy, I've been having having fun, uh, as uh, like I always do, spending time with you. But what are some closing thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners? Craig, you know, I was thinking about this earlier because I knew that I was going to give a summary at the end. And I thought, man, what value could I give towards the end of this? And when I was a child, my mom had a little saying that I hated at the time. She would say, can't, couldn't do it, and could did it all. And I didn't really understand what that meant at the time. She would never allow me to say the word can't. She would say, you might not be able to do it, but you're at least going to try. Well, by really pushing me to do things that I didn't want to do, I built this self-confidence up and I garnered this self-esteem. And today I'm like, yes, I can do What is it you want me to do? And you change this mindset. Carol Dweck talks about it in her book, Mindset to where we need a growth mindset, not a fixed mindset. And I just want to challenge your listeners today to develop a can-do attitude. You can do this if you really want to. Most people today, Greg, are afraid. And I'm like, Robin, that's my wife. I said, what is everybody so scared of? (laughs) Well, they're afraid to fail. And I just encourage you to this. Fear missing an opportunity more than you fear failure and develop a mindset of you can do, and you too can have a very successful life simultaneously living it significantly to accomplish all your dreams. So just leave with a positive mindset and go out there today and live an adventurous life. Hmm. Well, that's a great way to end our podcast today, Aaron. Excuse me. Uh, thank you so much for being our guest on Family Business Today. Um, I know you've been an encouragement to our listeners that don't have to feel all alone when they can have a great group of people around yeah. them to encourage mm-hmm. them to stay on track mm-hmm. and take their lives and business to the next level of being. Hey, a Greg, I, I brought a present for your listeners. Can I give them a gift? Is well, that okay? certainly, man. That's awesome. We always well, like you, uh, gifts. I tell you what, dude. There's three documents that I use every day. One is called a personal assessment to where you really take a deep dive on yourself. The other one is, what do I want? And it's a document that I wrote years ago. There's about 30 questions on it. And it is the most downloaded document that I've ever created. There's another one called the spouse survey, the questions that you want to ask your wife or husband that you're scared to. And I've taken the prices off. I'm going to give it to you. And if you want to go to viewfromthetop.com forward slash TN. CFB. That's T-N-C-F-B. And if you go there, I've got that gift for you. Download those documents, and I think it will really catapult you to the next level. Well, thank you, Aaron. I appreciate that very much. And uh, it's been great uh, fun to uh, be with you. And uh, I've got to get ready for my next mastermind group. I I uh, I don't want too much pressure from 
from my fellow members. So thank you so much for being with us. Thanks a lot, Greg. We'll see you, buddy. All right. To our listeners, thank you for joining us for the Family Business Today podcast. Brought to you by the Tennessee Center for Family Business located in Nashville, Tennessee, our passion is to help families create a positive environment where the family thrives, the business performs, and one day you can celebrate a successful transition. Whether you're a business owner looking to grow your family business or you're wanting to prepare to someday sell or transition the business to the next generation, consider joining a family business mastermind group hosted by the Tennessee Center for Family Business. To learn more about joining a family business mastermind group, visit our website at www.thefamilybusinessmastermind.com. To learn more about Aaron Walker and The View from the Top, visit their website at www.viewfromthetop.com. Aaron is offering a special gift to our listeners today of a downloadable personal assessment and what do I want document. Go to www.viewfromthetop.com forward slash TNCFB to get your free download. Until next time, thanks for joining us.